0: Pastor Xavier Reece says, if you're seeking the life of privilege, look well beyond the red carpet.
1: Some of you get excited when you talk to a, a movie star or something like that. Do you get turned down when you talk to God? Do you know you can go into the, the throne of God before him and you can fellowship with him? Does that get you excited? What a tremendous promise. Forever. What a tremendous privilege. What a tremendous promise.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Despite being the land of the free and home of the brave, and with the understanding that all men are created equal, unfortunately, our society pretty much caters to the haves over the have-nots. But Pastor Xavier says that's not so in God's economy. In the conclusion of his Simple Truths study titled, The Uniqueness of Salvation, we're learning whether you're a pauper, pastor, apostle, or pope, the ground is level at the foot of
1: the cross. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 1-4. through four. I've entitled the message, The Uniqueness of Salvation. Peter says salvation is of common quality. To those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ... What Peter is saying is that every person's salvation is equal in standing before God. It's not inferior one against the other. Peter didn't say, I'm the Pope. He didn't say, I'm one of the twelve. He didn't say, I'm the one that walked on water. He said, I am one like you. I think that's important, that as we minister to others, as we teach the Word of God, that we make perfectly clear that we are just like other men and women, no different, of common quality. Secondly, Peter says that salvation has tremendous potential in verses 2 and 3. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Our salvation is like a seed of grain or a fertilized egg, it has the potential to be all that God intended it to be. You take that grain, you drop it in soil, you put fertilizer water, it'll spring up. It's got the right environment, the right conditions. You take a sperm, you take an egg, you put them together, a baby develops. Everything that that baby will ever be, potentially, physically, emotionally, spiritually, are in the combination of that egg and that sperm. Such is our salvation. Tremendous potential. Now Peter enumerates a couple of these potentials. First of all, he says, potential to grow by personal knowledge in verse 2. It is implied by the word multiplied, which means increase or abound. The source is God's grace. But isn't it interesting that it's not only the source, but it is the very area that He desires to grow in? Now, if God's grace is immutable, meaning it doesn't increase, it doesn't decrease. You go down to the ocean, you take a bucket full of ocean water, you just decreased it. A thousand sinners get saved, God's grace doesn't decrease. And it doesn't increase. It's always the same. Then how is it Peter says that I'm to grow in grace? I'm to grow in the knowledge, in the use, in the honor, in the availability of grace towards me. What grace really means What it entails. What it holds for me. See, a child doesn't understand the full potential of his physical, mental, or spiritual abilities when he's a child. He's a child. But hopefully as we grow into young adolescence and adulthood, we get a greater insight and understanding of those potentials. And we seek to develop them. The result is the peace of God in proportion to the grace. As I grow in grace, then the peace of God grows also in my life. This is not peace with God, for we made that peace when we were born again. But this is the peace of God for situations of life. In that time when I need the Lord to deal with my heart, when things aren't going right, when things don't, don't make sense, that which passes all understanding... But notice the channel. The channel is the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ, our Lord. You see, it doesn't just happen. Salvation has tremendous potential, but it is centered in the person of Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. The word knowledge is the word epinosis. The prefix epi- intensifies the word gnosis, which means knowledge. Gnosis is just mere knowledge, facts, information. Epinosis means a full, mature, and personal relationship. In other words, Peter is saying, don't get caught up with simply being walking encyclopedias. Don't mistaken... The preciousness and the benefit and the potential and personal relationship through the knowledge and growth you with Christ, with just facts about Christ. Biblical knowledge. You may be a Christian. You may have Bible knowledge. But you may be bankrupt in terms of epinosis. Personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the difference between knowledge and epinosis. Secondly, Peter says that salvation has tremendous potential to be empowered for all things divinely, verse three. Now this doesn't mean that we can use this power for our own selfish desires anytime we want, but that it is for God's purposes as we give ourselves to Him, for His will for His purposes, as He sovereignly wills. Now the question is, what is included in all things? He says that His divine power has given to us all things that pertains to life and godliness. All things pertain to life, He says. This is the tremendous potential. The word life is the word zoe. We get our word zoology from it. It has a reference to a state of possessing life, but in terms of vitality. Not simply existence, but that you're functioning in the way that God created you to function. There's vitality of life. Life as God intended it. And so this is the great potential of salvation. That God has given us all things pertaining to the vitality of life and the fullness of life. Not only for life, but he says all things pertaining to godliness. The word godliness, again, is made up of two Greek words. The first one means well, and the second one, to devote. To be well devoted. Once again, it's a key word. Now, the first one, life, deals with the sphere of life. The quality of life you are going to experience in Christ. When, but godliness... Deals and centers upon conduct. God has promised you a quality of life. Then God expects a conduct that will be manifested to experience that quality. If you forfeit the one, you forfeit the other. One is linked to the other. You cannot and will not experience life to its fullest if your conduct is not godly. It won't happen. Because you are really living contrary to the light that you have received. And you're living in disobedience to what you know to be true. Remember Peter is saying, I'm not telling you anything new. I'm telling you something that you knew in the past and you need to remember again in the present. God has empowered us to live godly. We have the potential. Because we are in Christ. How? Once again, he comes back to knowledge. The same word, epinosis. Full, correct, mature knowledge a personal relationship with Christ. Walking with Him. Remember David when he was dying. He told his son in 1 Chronicles 28.9. He gave him wise counsel. He says, Know the God of your father and serve Him. It speaks of personal relationship. And Peter says, You need to remember this. Now, why? He gives us two reasons. First, because Christ has called us to glory. Second, to virtue. Another key word of Peter. The word glory refers to the effectual operation of the grace of God in my heart. That whatever happens in my life, it will point and give glory to Jesus because He's the one that's working in me and through me. It isn't anything that I'm doing. It isn't because there's goodness in me, but it's because God has saved me and I'm yielding my life to Him and He is bringing glory to Himself. But virtue speaks of moral excellence that goes hand in hand with conduct. You see, prior to coming to Christ, you and I, we didn't have any moral excellence. I always laugh at the world because it declares to have moral excellence. The school district in which your child goes to school can take your daughter out of school without permission. And if she's pregnant, they can take her to have an abortion, bring her back to school, and never tell you. And yet if your daughter's under 18 years of age, she needs your permission and a slip signed by your name to get her ears pierced. Moral excellence? Let's get serious. Moral excellence only comes through Jesus Christ. The potential is in Christ and in the knowledge of Christ. It is as we give ourselves to Him and to Him alone that we can become morally excellent. Our potential to experience and enjoy life and to walk with God and to live godly is beyond our own imagination. Let me suggest that to you this morning. I don't think that we really understand how godly we can be in Christ. Have you ever thought about that? You know what I believe keeps us from really turning the world upside down today? Lack of godliness. And we have a hard time sharing the message because we don't live it. Because if I tell them, then I'm convicted because I'm not living it. And so... It takes life away from me. You see, with Christ, I experience life in such a potential abundantly. I know what life's all about. I know its purposes. I can be a light to the world. I can be an example, a role model to young people, to older people, to people my age. That God may reach them. Tremendous potential salvation has. That is why Paul prays for the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 1 that they might come to the understanding that their eyes of their understanding might be open enlightened illuminated to the full life in Christ. He prays for the Colossians he prays for all of them all the time. Press towards the mark run the race put your hand to the plow don't look back walk speaks of going forward growing. But third and last Peter says in verse 4 that salvation is a gift. By which we have, he has given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. We're going to go backwards from the bottom up. Salvation is a gift. First, to escape the corruption of the world. Peter is speaking about that ability to say no to sin. To escape the bondage and the power of sin in one's life. Every one of us had no power or ability to stop sinning before Christ. Not one of us. Now some of you may say, Well, you know, I said no to a lot of things. There's different motivations behind it. But not that you had the ability to do so. Some of you say, Well, you know, I mean, I said no to sex. Some of you didn't get involved with sex just because you didn't have the right opportunity. That's all. Some of you didn't get involved in drugs because maybe they weren't around you that much. But see, we had no potential to escape the corruption of the world until Christ reached out to us and drew us to the cross and offered salvation to us. For the very first time, we exercised our free will. Before you came to Christ, you have never exercised your free will. Because the Bible says you were dead in trespasses and sins and you were held captive by Satan. And so was I. And so you could not have exercised your free will. You pick between bad and not so bad. Between bad and terrible. Between something that would hurt somebody and not hurt you. But you never chose between right and wrong. Secondly, to partake Of the divine nature. Salvation is a gift. That gives us the ability and privilege to partake of a divine nature. On the positive side now. First he said on the negative. Now on the positive he says we now have the ability and possess the ability to have the mind of God. We have a divine nature. I can understand the things of God by the spirit of God. I can desire to please God. For the first time, I can say yes to God and please God, and I can say no to sin without walking away and saying, I should have said yes to sin. (laughs) I'm glad that I said no. I'm glad that I can. Now, it does not mean the absence of warfare. When temptations, trials, persecutions or whatever come, I have a divine nature and I'm able to say no to sin. I'm able to say yes to God. But it does not imply the absence of a struggle. Jesus, when He was thrust into the wilderness by the Spirit of God, demonstrated the warfare there. Galatians 5.17 says, The flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. You cannot do that which you would. Romans 7, Peter, Paul tells us of the warfare that goes on. There's a warfare, but please don't lose sight. We have the ability because of the divine nature to say no to sin and yes to God. Talk about a gift. But third and last, Peter says, A gift to receive great and precious promises. Exceeding great, he calls them. It's only found one time in the New Testament. It's right here. It means greatest, very great. Some of the precious promises that have been given to us as a gift is the ability to deal with our sin when we fall short and to go before Christ and get right. What a tremendous privilege. What a tremendous promise. What should we say about the promise that we can fellowship with God? I mean, you know, some of you get excited when you talk to a a movie star or something like that. Do you get turned down when you talk to God? Do you know you can go into the the throne of God before Him and you can fellowship with Him? (laughs) Does that get you excited? What a tremendous promise. Forever. How about the ability and the promise to be called sons and daughters of God? I mean, when people are related to fame, you know, they they, kind of... You know, yes, I'm the son of Jackie Onassis. Yes, I'm the son of President Reagan. How about saying, yes, I'm the son of God. The privilege. The precious promise. How about being joint heirs with Jesus Christ? Everything is God's. And he gave it all to Jesus. And then Jesus says, I'll split it with you. Precious promises. How about this one? That we've passed from death unto life. Tremendous. Precious promise. Instantly present before the Lord. But see, you have passed from death unto life the minute you're born again. It's just a matter of time before it's finalized. Whether it's by death or by the Lord's coming, you will be before the Lord. Precious promises. This is a gift. Now, let's say I visited you and you were invited to a party, one of your friends, and I don't know this guy. And everybody's got him all these presents, and you know, you know him pretty good, and you got him something. And so we're there at the party, and you know, it blows out the candles, and all, and he starts opening the presents, and he opens this, and he gets out some shoes. And says, oh, man, these are neat. Maybe they cost about 100 bucks, man. He goes, Oh, you shouldn't have done it. That's great. You know, he takes out some trousers, and there, maybe $50, $80 trousers, and so on and so forth. And he all these presents by people who love him, people who people fellowship with him. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm there, and I said, uh, I've got a present for you. He says, Well, who are you? I said, Well, I'm a friend of John's. He said, come on outside. I have it on the driveway. And he walks out there and I have a Rolls Royce for me. Fully paid. Pink slip. Full tank of gas. Insurance paid. (laughs) Chauffeur. He says, for me? I go, yeah. Did he deserve it? Of course not. That's why he said, for me? (laughs) That's just... A glimpse of how I didn't deserve salvation. It's a gift. For me, Lord? Oh, Lord. You're too much. Like David says, What is man that thou art mindful of him? What is man that you have visited him? Oh, what a gift. What are we doing with that gift, people? I hope you're not burying it like that evil servant. I hope you're investing it and multiplying it. Do you realize the gift to be able to overcome sin and say no to sin? Or do you just take it for granted that you know temptation comes about and you say, well, no. And that doesn't grip you. That it's not by your own might, not by your own ability, but by the grace of God that He's given you a divine nature. And you can enjoy life to the fullest and you don't have to be in bondage to sin anymore. Do you take for granted that it's God who allows you to say yes to God? Or do you look at it as well, you know, I mean, I have grown and I am, uh, I've come a long ways. And do you start attributing it to you? That you're able to, to say yes to God because you're so neat? Because, you know, there is something good and you? know there isn't. Every time we say no to sin, say yes to God, it should just cause us to fall to the ground and say, Lord Jesus, why me? Thank you. Oh, don't lose the simplicity of the gospel. You lose the simplicity, you've lost the power. Do you value the precious promises God has given to you? To live abundantly to use you to reach others to pass from death unto life to be able to call him dad (laughs) so many things Peter says you know these things but you need to hear them once again and so salvation is characterized by a common quality we stand on equal value of salvation salvation Not one is superior to the other. It has tremendous potential. Peter says, develop it. It's a gift of God. You and I don't deserve it. But He's given it to us. I pray that we yield to the Lord. And that His Spirit would grip our heart it may first make a difference in our lives and then in the life of others.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese explaining how the privilege of salvation is reserved for any and all that accept it as God's free gift. Now, today's study is simply titled, The Uniqueness of Salvation, and is available on CD for just $4. And everything we shared last time will be included as well, so it makes a convenient way to study the message more in-depth, and then pass on to someone else you know. Now, that title to ask for once more is, The Uniqueness of Salvation, or just mention today's date when you get in touch. Request yours by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California. 91107. Or to make a request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station, however you get in touch. This is helpful information as we monitor the impact of our radio ministry. Next time, Pastor Xavier Reese asks, What do good works, good morality, and good theology have in common? The answer has nothing to do with entering heaven. Join us for more Simple Truths next time. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California